Hello, everyone, and welcome back to PRSSA Podcasts for our first PR with the Pros episode of 2022. I am so excited to introduce our special guest, Elliot Potter. Elliot co-founded digital business card company Link after five years spent as a software engineer and marketing director at the Target-acquired startup Shipped. He lives in Birmingham, Alabama with his wife, Taylor, and their dog, Sebastian. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this incredible conversation and hopefully learn a lot about Elliot and Link and so much more. Hey, so welcome, Elliot. I'm so excited to have you today. And I know- Hey, thank you. Yeah, of course. And I know the listeners will learn a lot from you. So let's kick this off by learning a little bit more about you. I'd love to hear your backstory and how that led you to where you are today. Amazing. Yeah. Well, 1992, I was born. Just kidding. We don't have to go back that far, Uh, but we can. Yeah. I grew up in Tennessee, born in Birmingham, moved to Cleveland, Tennessee, small town, lived there, and then moved back to Birmingham like 2001 when I was nine years old. Ended up going to college in the same town in Cleveland or in Tennessee that I kind of grew up in, Cleveland, Tennessee. Went to Lee University, majored in music business, Um, which is, you know, everyone's major before they start a company. Just kidding. A little non-traditional. When I left Lee, when I graduated Lee in 2015, I had two choices. Uh, I could either move to Nashville and intern at a recording studio, which I was super excited about, or I could apply for a job at this tech startup in Birmingham called Shipped. So Shipped was like eight employees at the time, um, one of whom was my best friend from high school, Charlie. Charlie said, hey, man, I know you have entrepreneurial aspirations. Um, The CEO and founder of this company, Shift, is really driven, really smart, doing some cool things. Guy named Bill Smith. He was like, you should just interview and see what happens. So I thought, well, I'm not going to be making any money in Nashville. I don't have any money saved up to really live. So maybe I should move back to Birmingham and try my hand at this tech startup and also live for free at home. So I did that. Um, Well, I applied. I got the job. um, Had no idea what to expect. I figured like, you know, tech startup in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll just see how this goes. I didn't expect it to be anything huge. I kind of thought it'd be a fun learning experience. And um, yeah, five years later, I was still there and shipped blew up and was bought by Target. And I fell completely in love with startups um, and specifically software engineering. So I learned how to, how to code when I was at Shipped. And towards the end of my tenure there, um, a buddy of mine, Jared Matson, and another guy, Patrick Solomon, we put our heads together and we had this idea for a digital business card and we were crazy enough to quit our jobs. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. We, we started Link right before COVID and COVID was a little scary because we were like, hmm, no one's networking, no one's at events. But pretty quickly, everybody needed a contact, contactless solution for just about everything, including networking. And so we were there to meet that need. And um, we've had a lot of fun since. Wow, that's incredible. And it's amazing that your whole trajectory could have changed had you gone to Nashville. That's oh, mind-boggling. Yeah, I, I'd like to think that I'd be on tour with like Kanye West or something right now, but um Actually, he's having kind of an episode. Maybe I wouldn't want to be on tour with him. <laughs> yeah, you know, who knows what would have happened. I like, though, that I kept music as a passion and and not a job necessarily. 
Um, but I still, I definitely still love making music. So yeah, you know, life is full of these choices. You have no idea what the uh, implications of those choices will be. You just kind of make the best decisions you can with the data you have and go from there. Yeah, no, definitely. That's amazing. Now I'd love to hear more about Link and, you know, how you guys came up with this awesome idea and how it has continued to evolve, you know, even with COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Jared and I, Jared is a good friend. I need to give a little bit more backstories to the founding team. So it's me, Patrick and Jared. Jared and I were friends from Lee. So we were college roommates and uh, both of us just kind of had entrepreneurial ideas in college. He started um, this online marketplace called Lee Bay. Remember we went to Lee University. He got very quickly got a cease and desist from eBay. Uh, but that was kind of a fun thing we did. We had, um, he did, then we had a collective idea for, uh, kind of like virtual fitting rooms for like trying on clothes. We had no technical prowess or know-how. So that didn't really get further than the back of a napkin, but very validating to see Amazon doing that now. So, so anyway, Jared and I had been friends for a long time. He started working at Shipped about a year and a half before we had the idea for Link um, in 2018. Patrick, the other founder of Link, was he was an earlier employee than even Charlie and I uh, were at Shipped. So he was like number three, and he is a software developer through and through. Um, now he's the CTO of Link. So we all worked together at Shipped. Jared and I had known each other for a long time. So anyway, Jared and I are in the car one night um, on the way out to my parents' house to have dinner. and we, I don't really know how the conversation started. Um, I've told this story so many times. It's like a dream where all of a sudden you're just in the middle of a dream. You don't really know how you got there. But we were always talking about ideas. This is just another one of those. And we said, what if, um, you know, we'd seen that, that phones could scan QR codes without an app, which was, you know, that's the only way QR codes were ever going to work. And we thought, what if we put um, like our contact information into a, into a QR code, basically into a web page that a QR code could point to. Um, and we put the QR code like on our lock screen or on our phone. And the more we thought about the implications of that idea, the more excited we got. So we got to dinner. I started coding the, the you know, kind of prototype. We had to eat dinner. Um, and then for the next like hour and a half, you know, typically we'd go out there, see my family, hang out with them. And we were just entrenched in our computers trying to spin up this idea. We finally get it. We, we show this QR code to, uh, I think it was my mom's phone. And she scans it. Everybody sees this very simple landing page with you know, our phone number, our social media information. And everybody kind of got it like we did right then. Everybody realized, oh, wow, this is actually a really useful um, cool idea beyond just your family being supportive of, you know, new ideas that you have. Um, so we passed the friends and family round. They got excited. We took it back to Shipped. Um, a lot of the people we showed it to at Shipped actually now work at Link, which is really cool, but showed it to some friends. Everybody liked it. We debuted it at a, uh, a tech conference here in Birmingham, and we had people that we didn't know come up to us and say, you know, they were actually using it throughout the duration of the event saying, hey, this is really, really useful. This has saved me a lot of time. Um, and with it being as early of a prototype as it was and us not knowing these people, there's no incentive for them to pat us on the back. 
that was kind of what gave us the confidence to quit our jobs and really go after this as a full-time startup. That's awesome. Um, that's yeah. Yeah, that's great. And that's so funny about the virtual fitting rooms because, wow, you guys really hit the nail on the head with that one, too. <laughs> well, we didn't, uh, we didn't, you know, ideas are, are not worth much, but execution is. So, right, right. Oh, that's funny, though. Yeah, definitely feel validated, though. Who knows? Maybe Amazon like overheard one of your conversations. You never know. <laughs> that's probably it. That's why they listen. They want ideas. Right, right. No, uh, exactly. <laughs> Well, so since I guess I could kind of get to where we are now, since since then, since that moment, um, we raised money for some from some really awesome investors here in Birmingham when we started, um, raised a little under a million dollars in venture capital. And that led us that really weathered us through COVID. Like we, we literally got our last investor check the week that Birmingham shut down, which granted was a little later than everywhere else. But um, so we had hired two employees, one of which we you know, we're connected with through school, another we knew from shipped. So there's five of us in a room trying to figure out what to do with this idea um, in the middle of a global pandemic. So everybody thought, yeah, it'll be a, you know, a month maybe. And um, like you said, throughout COVID, we didn't really, we didn't really change the idea. It just kind of became more useful more quickly, I think, which was, which was just a stroke of luck. I mean, that was, um, that was what people were telling us was like, hey, I need, people don't want to take my business cards anymore. They don't want to touch anything. And so we did though pivot from a virtual only product. Like we were just a QR code on your phone to around July of 2020, we started selling kind of a physical version of, of the link card. Um, and in addition to the QR code, it had an NFC chip on the inside. They still do, which will, which lets you hold the card up to someone's phone to then transfer your information through your link profile in Safari or in Chrome, whichever one your phone opens up. So that was kind of like a magic trick for people. And it was something they wanted to purchase immediately. So it was our first stream of revenue. Um, it was pretty easy to market, just putting up videos of what it does. Um, and people still think that that's kind of a magic trick and really cool. And so we still sell those products. We've since expanded into wearables like bracelets and the Apple watch band with our chips in it. Um, we have products more for retail settings like the link hub, which is a stand that also contains a QR code and an NFC chip. All of our products do the same thing. They let you quickly share information with a receiving smartphone, just in different forms, whether it's wearable on your wrist or sitting on your desk. So we've grown the team to 23 employees now. Um, we've raised a little more money from some incredible investors on the West coast and, uh, yeah, we're trying to take over the world. So obviously you have a strong interest in startups, which have such mm -hmm. a unique culture and just a completely different story. Um, so aside from COVID, what were some of the unanticipated challenges and rewards of creating your own startup? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'll start with the challenges. Um, you know, some things that I did not think about uh, before I started at Link were how quickly you have to grow professionally as a leader of a startup. So when I was at Shift, I anticipated a lot of the challenges of a startup that, that maybe some people don't, like building things that are scalable and uh, moving quickly 
and listening to customers really closely and making sure that you find product market fit and you're actually solving a real problem. Because I had seen that at Shift and I had some kind of a leg up from that. Um, but the leader that I have to be now and the leader I, I'm trying to be in six months versus the leader I was when we started Link or even six months ago is totally different. And I almost feel like uh, an actor in some ways. I hear actors talk about how they have this kind of identity crisis sometimes when they get way into a role um, because it has to change. Like the next role is not going to be the same person unless you're Jason Bourne. Um, and so that's been challenging, but it's, it's also really fun um, to, to get to grow professionally in that way. Um, some of the rewards, I don't think for me and my personality type and how I'm wired, there is nothing more fulfilling than working in a startup. And that's for a few reasons, getting to like directly influence other people's personal and professional growth, uh, and getting to empower that is, is an amazing thing. Um, you know, people, one of the, one of the magic things about shift was this culture of kind of fluidity between positions. And so, you know, I went from physical expansion of the service uh, when I was at Shipped, moving city to city and, and opening those new cities. I went from that job to um, kind of a recruiting position where I made sure we had all of the shoppers we needed in every single city. Shipped was a grocery delivery startup. So we needed shoppers to go get the groceries for customers. And I was over that process. Uh, and then I became, you know, throughout those positions, I needed a way to automate my work and just kind of get faster. So I used code. I started to learn how to code. The CEO approached me one day, Bill, and he was like, hey, if you ever want to do this full time, we need more engineers, software engineers. So let me know. A couple months later, I said, hey, I want to do this. Um, I found a boot camp, a coding boot camp in Denmark. I moved to Denmark for three months and then came back and was a full time software engineer and then went to the marketing team after that. All that to say that completely changed the course of my life, the ability to explore things I was interested in under the safety of the company, right, under Shipped. And so we've tried to recreate that as best we can. Um, you know, one of the guys that started out with us, Zach, is moving from more of a software engineering role into kind of a product engineer, product management role, because that's what he's passionate about. And it's a little tough because we need engineers so badly, but at the same time, we're going to get more from Zach and Zach is going to be happier and more fulfilled in doing the things that he's interested in and passionate about. Um, and so that's what we're going to do. Like we're going to make that sacrifice because I believe everybody deserves that level of fulfillment and that level of interest in what they're doing. So all that to say, um, being able to play a direct role in, in people's growth um, and then to be stretched and grow myself is really, really rewarding. I love that. And yeah, it's definitely one of the things that you hear about startups is there is so much room for growth and really just, you know, utilizing what everyone brings to the table, despite, you mm -hmm. know, their specific role within the company. So that's fantastic that you guys are really capitalizing on that. Yeah. You know, you hear like you have to wear a lot of hats at a startup and that can be for some people that's really, it can be crippling, like to have to, to do a bunch of different things and not know exactly what expectations are of you every day when you come in, right. but some people thrive in that. And the startup doesn't, you don't live in that mode forever. Um, I would say we're like maturing more and more out of that mode. Um, you know, now more than ever we are, 
but early on it can be that's why a lot of startups don't work like not the, the founders or the founder may be comfortable operating that way but a lot of people aren't um especially when they don't have as much skin in the game as you do and so finding people that that's a special type of person and it's crucial to the success of a startup is is the ability and the flexibility to do a bunch of different things um, and think quickly and act quickly kind of on a whim sometimes for sure now, as far as Link's popularity, would you say that you guys hit a specific milestone or achieved a certain partnership that has really launched you to where you are today? Um, you know, I don't know if we ever had one huge inflection point. I, I think the biggest and most meaningful relative to where we were was that tech uh, conference I mentioned that we kind of debuted the product at. So that was called Sloss Tech. It's a regional tech conference um, that takes place in Birmingham or did, I don't know if it's still going on, for a few years. And Alexis Ohanian of Reddit, co-founder of Reddit, was the keynote speaker that year. And um, so, so we debuted Link that morning. By debuted, I mean we got on stage, we talked about the product. We knew the MC of the event, so we got to kind of do this for free, which was great. Um, we said, hey, can you like mock interview us as if we're anybody to make people think that our product is like more established than it is? He was like, sure. So we're a local tech company. I mean, it played into the story nicely, but we get on stage, we throw up a QR code on the screen, on the projector um, that let people basically exchange information. I, I think it was my profile, exchange information with me using the, the prototype of Link, and then also create their own profile. There was no app at this point. All this is taking place in the web. A little bit hard to navigate, but it worked. Uh, by and large, it worked. So everybody's using it throughout the day. That evening is when Alexis, the keynote speaker, got up to speak. At the end of his you know, talk, he said he left room for Q&A, and I was the first person to raise my hand. And I was, I was planning on teasing him, saying, hey, when are you going to invest outside of Silicon Valley and in you know, the Southeast? Because he's also an angel investor. I asked that question. They don't have a mic. I have to like scream it from the from the uh, kind of top balcony where we were sitting. And we had just gotten our Link t-shirts in, like first version of the Link t-shirts, um, black t-shirts, white logo on it, big letters Link. And he could see that and he said, well, I don't know. Uh, why don't you pitch me Link? After I said, when are you gonna invest in, in Birmingham? And I was like, you know, everybody kind of chuckled and I was like, okay, you can't be serious. And then he was like, I'm serious, pitch me Link. So from the balcony of this conference, I like scream a, I don't know, 30 second pitch about what we are and what we do. And it was a really cool hometown moment. Like a lot of people we knew were there and everybody, you know, cheered and clapped. And after the event, he wanted to talk to us for a second and he kind of paused the, you know, reporting and journalist stuff and went and got his phone, personally exchanged info with us and said, you guys should pursue this idea. So while it wasn't necessarily an inflection point in just popularity, even though we did get a few thousand users out of that day, it was a real inflection point in like, I think confidence for us as a team uh, to, to just get that kind of validation from someone that we looked up to and who had done a lot, achieved a lot. We were like, all right, he's, Alexa said we should do it. So we should definitely do it. That also indirectly, I mean, it caught the attention of some investors that were in the crowd who ended up being our lead investors um, and are still really close mentors and investors of ours to this day. So that was a big pivotal moment. I'd, I'd say probably the biggest um, relative to where we were 
in our size. I mean, that was, that was a crazy day. Well, props to you for whipping out that pitch just in front of, you know, everyone. <laughs> that's, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> well, impressive or crazy one. You gotta be, you gotta be a little crazy to, to, to just do stuff. So. Right. Yeah, go. no, definitely, you know, a confidence booster and also just, you know, a testament to how much you had to grow and how quickly you had to grow um, yeah. to really run with this idea. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun, um, but that was, that was a special day for sure. Absolutely. Well, I did see that you guys have a recent partnership with McDonald's, so congratulations on that. Um, Thank you I, very much. Yeah, yeah. I would love to hear more about how McDonald's is ugh, utilizing Link. <laughs> Absolutely. So right at our core, we're a we're a digital business card. That's kind of the elevator pitch, the three second, what, what does Link do? Um, a little bit deeper as to what that means. When you create a Link page and you attach it to our products, you know, and then share it to someone's smartphone, um, really it's, it's kind of an all-encompassing micro-personal website that happens to contain your contact information. But you can throw a lot onto a Link page. We make it like, again, it's kind of a, a mobile personal website builder in your pocket. So you can add things like obviously your contact card for people to download and save into their phone. But you can also really easily add videos and links to different websites. You can attach PDFs like your resume or a presentation. Um, you can add a photo gallery similar to like an Instagram style. You can add links to your social media. It's pretty endless like what you can do with a link page. You can put text on it. You can customize the colors. So it goes a little bit beyond what you can put on a paper business card. And one of the kind of implications of that, I don't know, modularity of the platform is that you can really craft it to suit your needs, whatever those might be. Like whatever information you want to quickly share with someone, you can do it through Link. So McDonald's came to us and said, hey, we are trying to hire the best employees that we can. Um, the system that they were operating on previously was a, you know, the, the pilot with them is with about 300 stores. And in those stores, they had a QR code, um, you know, on the, on the windows as a window cleaning near the cash register uh, that pointed to a job application. And so, you know, they need to hire employees. Someone's interested. Hey, point your camera at this and, and fill out the job application. The problem with that was um, not the problem, but, but the way that was structured was, all the QR codes were pointing to a single job application and there wasn't really good tracking metrics on that, on how successful that was. You, you couldn't really tell which store an applicant was applying from, uh, but you also, you, you couldn't really showcase anything additional about the store or about McDonald's without contacting corporate, um, without like working through the higher ups, the marketing team, the branding team. And so one of the advantages of Link is we've kind of democratized the ability for employees of an organization to, to share information in a way that's branded, that's customizable, and it's really dynamic and easy to, to edit and update, right? Like you pull out your phone, you can change your link page, drag the, you know one photo over another, and it looks totally different. You're not reliant on anybody with technical know-how to make changes to this like web page for you. And so what was attractive to McDonald's was, okay, can we use 300 unique you know, link QR codes that point to not just the job application, but a page about that specific store, a link page about that specific store, very mobile friendly, easy to edit, you know, that talks about 
perks of working at McDonald's and benefits you get as an employee, um, more about their culture, more about their history, and then also a link to the job application in the middle of all this really rich, compelling content. And we said, absolutely, that's, that's one of the coolest uses of the platform we've heard of. And so we went to um, you know, one of their kind of partner owner meetings and demoed the platform a little bit more in depth. And everybody was everybody was sold. Um, they've they've since deployed those QR codes to again window clings. Um, they put them up in stores next to the cash registers, and it's a much more, in my opinion, inviting uh, experience than it than it was before. And I'm just honored that we were able to help empower that. That's so cool, and yeah, definitely streamlining that process. Yeah, and and you know, getting getting more information more quickly. And then to McDonald's, they're more aware of like what behavior is. So they can see, okay, 300 people applied at this store over the last month versus 20 people applying at this store, you know, over the last month. How can we drive more traffic to that store? Should we advertise more in that area? So giving them more actionable data to save them time, money, and, and you know, hopefully ensure they're getting the best candidates around. It's just, it's a really cool use case for the platform beyond like, someone saying, Hey, here's my, here's my contact card. So yeah, we were thrilled. Absolutely. And are you guys hoping that you can, you know, foster more partnerships like this as well? Absolutely. So when you asked about inflection points, um, that, that kind of propelled us forward, the McDonald's partnership has definitely opened a lot of doors. So we've recently partnered with FanDuel, um, who debuted link at the Super Bowl. You know, networking with some of their VIPs there and sharing information with them. Wow. Um, yeah, Jägermeister was one of our our first kind of big brands that we partnered with, and it, it's just I love uh, I love getting to see what I still feel like is our little idea in the car on the way to dinner with my parents, um, impacting these these awesome brands that I've admired for so long. Like it's still crazy. Uh, it's very humbling. It's very crazy to think about, but. Um, the McDonald's partnership and the the press around that has definitely spurred a lot of really fun conversations with brands that we geek out about. You know, on the sales call, I can't, sometimes I do, sometimes I totally like fangirl and just gush <laughs> over how much I love the brand because I can't help it. But uh, yeah, you have to, you have to strain yourself a little bit and act like a grown up, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely get that. That's how I feel talking to you right now. So, um... <laughs> oh, come on. No, I no, I am just barely out of college and I'm still figuring everything out as I go. I'm, I'm no different at all. I would love to pivot more into insight for students. Sure. Let's do it. So aside from super awesome, super cool digital business card use, how can students set themselves apart when networking? Yeah. Um, <laughs> be outstanding. Not like, um, superior in the ways you might think just stand out so one of one of my favorite stories from that same that same conference uh from sloss tech one of the guys that spoke i don't remember if this was the same year i don't think it was i think it was the year before um he had like basically invented the iphone he was one of the the employees at apple at that time and kind of headed up that project and really really impressive guy um, that I wanted to be connected to. And he was at a uh, kind of an after party that everybody was invited to after, after the event. I can't remember his name. I know that doesn't help, but um, really interesting guy. 
And I did not have a, maybe this was actually the Genesis story of Link uh, in my subconscious. I didn't have a business card when I met him. So this was probably 2018. I'm at Shift. I didn't have a business card, um, not with me. I had one in my car. And I said, hey, I tell you what, I got up to him in line and I said, I want to give you my business card and tell you about some ideas I have, but I don't have one with me. And I gave him my driver's license. And I was like, you can't leave. I was like, you could, but please don't leave with my literal driver's license before I get back. And he looked at me like I had two heads. I, I run, I sprint to the car, poured sweat. I get back uh, with a business card and he sure enough pulls out my license out of his back pocket. And he was like, that was, that was uh, interesting. He said, but you definitely got my attention. He was like, way to go. Um, gave him, gave him my business card, talked a little bit about, I don't even know what my ideas were at that point. Um, and he gave me his email we stayed in touch. Um, not well enough for me to remember too much about the interaction, but that was one of those moments where I was like, all it really takes is for you to be, you know, just be a little out of the box, like be a little crazy, um, to make an impression, you know, an impression on someone generally, like you want to, you want to lean on good, crazy, maybe not like um, the Joker and Batman crazy, but get people's attention, be memorable. Um, you know, and then obviously like be, be professional too. Um, I think it's a fine line balancing, like trying to be a professional. And at least when I was coming out of college, my idea of what a professional was, um, but the people, the candidates, at least when I'm interviewing that I'm most attracted to, um, and, and want to, to work on our team are people that are genuinely themselves. And so figuring out who you are, what drives you, what motivates you and being honest about those things and not networking with people and telling them what they want to hear. Um, I think it is really important. You also like one of the most important principles in networking is giving before you, uh, take. And so kind of like at a meta level, when you share your link page with somebody, they have access to all that information before they give you any of theirs. They then have the option to click a button and send back their name and their email or phone number. Uh, but it's only after they've interacted with everything on your page. And so it's kind of one of the principles we've, we've tried to instill into the product as a whole. Give before you get. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. And I absolutely love that story about you handing over your driver's license. <laughs> hey, it works. He could have really messed me up by taking it, but he uh, he didn't. So there you right, go. Right, right. I know. Speaks to the goodness of humanity too, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, just, you know, that's one of my philosophies too. Assume everybody has good intentions and generally they do and that'll get you pretty far. Definitely. And I also love that you mentioned that you know, students should be themselves because, you know, I know it is a fine line to walk versus, you know, being professional and personable, but I think it's becoming more and more important to really just bring yourself to the workplace and that, you know, you want to work for a place that will embrace that. A hundred percent. Like find a place that, that does embrace it. More and more workplaces are because you kind of have to, but that's like, I don't know, like you, you're, you're going to just like Zach um, moving from engineering to, to more of a product role, like you, you doing you and you being authentically you and interested in and driven by what authentically drives and motivates you. Like some people, when we interview them, I say, you know, what motivates you the most? And they say, I want to make a lot of money. And like, that's fine. Thank you for being honest. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And we can hopefully help facilitate that. Um, some people say, I'm really interested in trying and learning new things. And 
All that to say, people who are just upfront and honest about who they are and what they're in it for is so much more attractive than someone feeding us answers they think we want to hear. We talked a lot already about startups, but what advice do you have for students that are specifically interested in working at a startup post-grad? Yeah, it's a great question. Startups are hungry for talent um, and they may not be able to pay you much. So one of your one of your points of leverage entering a really young startup is equity. And so if they're not offering you some kind of ownership of the business in the form of equity or stock options, um, then I, I might I might advise against it just because you want skin in the game to give your best. And uh, I think it's better, definitely better for the employer when that happens too. So all that to say though, I, if you can, if you have the luxury of like getting that from being early on of startup, I would recommend it. But a lot of them, you know, they're strapped for cash. And so you're, you're probably not going to be making a ton of money when you first start out at a young startup. But the best way to figure out if startups are for you is regardless of the pay structures to go, go join one, go learn. Even if you're an intern, like if, if that's something you're willing to do and you want it that badly, um, you're, you're going to get as much as you give to a startup. I would definitely say vet the founding team or vet the, the team you're going to be working with um, and like be selective. Like it's, it's right now it's a candidate's market. And there are a lot of entrepreneurship is experiencing kind of a uh, renaissance and um, is booming and you're, you're going to have a lot of options. So vet the team you're working with, make sure they're reasonable, you know, people with good ideas and then go for it. Like you just, your, your role, your job description is probably, it's not pointless, but it's, it's again, that early on is just going to change a bunch and um, treat it as like a playful creative experiment. You know, like, yes, you're trying to create value. You're also trying to figure out what drives you and what you like to do. And um, I think it's one of the best places uh, to, to really like figure out who you are. So there's a lot you can get from a startup beyond just equity, money, and experience. Um, I think accelerated personal professional growth for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much for that great answer. Mm -hmm. Do you have any final words of wisdom you'd like to share with our student audience before we move on to our fun lightning round? Ooh, I'm excited about fun lightning. I don't like unfun lightning. <laughs> um, so I would say tips or tricks. Um, hmm. These are not networking tips or tricks. They're kind of everything tips or tricks. I did not learn until after college the importance of like, actually eating well and exercising. I'm a little bit maniacal about it. Like I exercise every day. I still have fun. Like I still, you know, drink beer and eat crappy food sometimes, but generally I try to maintain a pretty healthy diet. And I'm also kind of obsessed with performance and like just optimizing my, my mental game. So I may take it a little bit further than most, but I think everybody can benefit from drinking more water exercising regularly and, and getting enough sleep. I know I sound like a third grade science teacher, but until you really do those things, even just one of those things, you don't realize how much of a different difference it makes. Like I kind of feel like for a lot of my life, I was living in a fog and just doing like a few things and making them a habit can totally change your life, which in turn 
is going to change everything from your job performance to your creativity to your relationships. And so doing those really simple things you've been hearing your whole life, just like pick one or two and try them out if you're not doing any of them and see what kind of difference it makes. Definitely. Yeah. It's amazing how everything just connects, <laughs> you know, I know. Um, it really is. It's something that, you know, you don't realize when you're younger, but as you get older and throughout college, you really start to see how, you know, just doing one thing and implementing one thing to help your day just helps every aspect of your life. A hundred percent. I, one of the craziest things I've learned is whatever I do first in the morning carries momentum with me throughout the day. So if I wake up and check like if I watch TikToks as soon as I roll over, I will catch myself in my downtime or when I like hit a mental wall during the day opening TikTok. But if I start my day with like, I don't know, meditation, reading or something like productive, quote unquote, like answering a couple of emails, that's the momentum I carry throughout with, you know, with me throughout the day. If I, in downtime, I'm either finding ways to actively relax and like recharge my mind or I'm like doing something productive like knocking out a few emails or knocking out a few things that have been building my to-do list. So you just like, you learn more and more. I wish there was a shortcut to it. Um, I don't think there is like, you can choose to listen to people's advice or not, but you just realize more and more, the older you get, I think that everybody's right. It just oftentimes takes you doing it to realize that they're right. Definitely. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, for sure. All right. So for some more lighthearted questions, if, Let's do it. if Link could partner with any brand, what brand would you choose and why? Yeah, I thought about this a lot. I would say Nike because I love to run personally. I am not an athlete. Um, I never like I played like some high school sports, but I wouldn't consider myself an athlete. So it's not for that. I think they have some of the best branding and I think they push uh, or at least they they like they portray themselves as this very innovative, almost like the Apple of uh, I mean, how do you sum up Nike? Like Apple of athletic brands. Um, I just love how they they push the boundary. I love their marketing. I love their their partnerships. I love their how tapped into culture they are. Like I'm pretty sure it was either Nike or Adidas. Maybe both of them did. Just bought. Um, just bought NFT brands or, or NFT shops in order to like gear up for Nike swag in the metaverse, you know, and to be like as, as old of a brand as they are and to have done as much as they have and to still be on the bleeding edge of culture like that is just so inspiring. I mean, that's, that's, that's how I want to be. So anyway, I'd partner with them just to be more closely associated with them. I do like love the idea of Nike athletes wearing our you know athletic bands as a way to like connect with their fans and connect with reporters um, using our profiles as ways to like best represent themselves on social media and digitally uh, and I don't think it's pipe dream I think we'll get there they just have to knock knock know who we are so Nike call me yeah great choice and if anyone from Nike is listening just do it <laughs> just freaking do it um my all my information for everyone listening, including Nike, um, Phil Knight talking to you, is linkapp.com slash Elliot. That's L-I-N-Q-A-P-P.com slash Elliot with two L's and two T's. That's my cell phone, my email, my social media. Call me. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's great. For sure. For sure.
All right, this next one. I just have to know, what breed is your dog, Sebastian? He's a golden retriever, which I know no one's ever heard of. He's really, it's a rare breed. He's got a branch out, go out on a limb. Um, we just, I, so Charlie, my, my friend from high school that referred me to Shep, he had a golden retriever named Tucker. And Tucker was just, just one of the best boys on the planet and was just their temperament, their intelligence. They're super playful. Tay and I, my wife and I are about to have a son in two months, our first kid. Oh, congratulations. Thank you so much. Excited to try and run a startup and be a dad at the same time. Just trying to pack it all into as little time as possible. So anyway, they're good with kids. Um, he's, he's just the best. I mean, everybody's dog is the best, but we really, really love Sebastian a lot. Yeah, golden retrievers are great, and especially with kids. So that's wonderful. Congratulations to both of you. That's so Thank exciting. you so much. Mite and Sebi are all very excited. Oh, that's great. Well, <laughs> this next question is a little funny considering how busy your life is slash will be. Um, but yeah. what's, what's your favorite way to unwind? Hmm. So this answer changes. I think if I had to sum it up, it, it would be tinkering. I have always, like I, I will, I joke with Patrick, our CTO, co-founder and CTO about how like, hey man, I know I'm not like the best software engineer, but sometimes you just got to let me into the code base to tinker with things. So I, I have like, you know, little side projects. I recently, I enjoy drawing. Um, I recently got an iPad and I've been like illustrating on that with Procreate. That's really fun. I love to read. I love to like uh, actively unwind. So anything that like challenges me or stretches me or piques my curiosity, I, I would say that. So whenever I sit down to watch a movie, I want to be like stretched by it in some way. I don't really like watching movies I've already seen. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say playing generally. If I had to sum it up, playing and tinkering, whatever that means, but some kind of active, challenging, you know, new novel engagement. That's how I like to unwind. That's awesome. I also love to yeah. read. So I, I definitely relate with that one. Yeah. Anything right now that you'd recommend you're reading? Oh, I'm, I'm between books right now, but okay. I'm, I'm due for another trip to the bookstore soon. What about you? Okay. So I just started this book called the three body problem, which is I think part one of a three part series, science fiction novel. I'm getting into exactly what it's about. It's pretty intense. I almost stopped reading it because the first like chapter was uh, pretty like violent and graphic, but okay. I've heard from a lot of people that I really trust that it's an amazing series, like maybe on par with Dune. It's so good. So um, I read probably more nonfiction than fiction, but this is one that I'm, I'm giving a go at. And so far it's, it's a little dark, but it's really, really well-written and uh, definitely holding my attention, so. Oh, nice. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know where I'm going, but it's, it's somewhere. I'm excited. Right, about it. right. Well, I'll report back if I check that one out for sure. All right, please do. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, what's your favorite music to play and listen to? Oh, wow. Good one. Um, depends on the setting I'm in. So when I'm at work, I listen to kind of ambient electronic music. John Hopkins is one of my favorite artists. Um, he's so talented as a musician, uh, but he's also just, he seems to be a really good thinker. 
Um, I don't know. I'm deriving a lot. I'm implying a lot from his music, but he seems to be really intelligent. I like his just style overall. I like his music. I like his album art. I like his naming conventions. Uh, and I would love to meet him. He's collaborated with some people that I like. Just drool over. Coldplay being one of my favorite bands, which is a nice transition into what I listen to outside of work. I love Coldplay. I love producing and making music. So I can appreciate anything that's well produced. Um, so I, I don't really... I don't really exclude any genres. I love really good country, really good rap, really good electronic, really good like heavy metal. I listen to Kill Switch Engage a lot of the time I'm working out. So it's it's way across the board. If it's well done, I want to hear it. And there's some stuff that's like non-traditionally well done. Like I think the Avett Brothers at first I didn't really like listening to because they're very raw and like unproduced. But at the same time, they leaned into that so much and they're so authentic with it that I... I would consider it really well done. So I don't know. I'm all over the place with music. I love producing, um, making, again, electronic music because I have like, I'm not reliant on any kind of ambient background noise or the room I'm in, which can be fun. But I like having really granular control over the sounds and how they play into other sounds. And electronics kind of a good way to do that. So, but I'm a singer songwriter at heart, so I can't help writing stuff on the guitar every now and then so kind of everything I know that doesn't really narrow it down at all no that was a great answer I love that and I agree with you my music is definitely just influenced by my mood and you know what I'm trying to accomplish for the day so yeah yeah I definitely get just being all over the place there as well I love it yeah I I love the music and do that too it can apply to it can meet you where you're at you know definitely All right. Well, thank you so much, Elliot, for joining me today. This was such a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I am, uh, I'm starting to really like, I think this is like my third or fourth podcast, but I'm starting to really like doing this. It's a fun place to like, kind of get to know somebody. And also everybody likes talking about themselves. And it's fun to like tell the story of Link. I don't get to do that really outside of the setting very much. So yeah, thank you so much for having me and giving me an outlet to just I don't know, brain dump. Yeah, no, of course. And you were a fantastic podcast guest. So I definitely encourage you to embrace every speaking opportunity you have because this was fantastic. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. Hey, if anybody wants to, you know, have me on their podcast, linkapp.com slash Elliot. That's where to find me. I want to give a huge thank you to Elliot for taking the time to speak with me and teaching us all about link and professionalism. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and please stay tuned for some awesome episodes coming your way in 2022.